footy was played, hot takes were had, coaches were backed, and then coaches were sacked. It's just another week of footy fun times. So welcome to the Fans Eye View, our footy podcast brought to you by the fans, for the fans, and brought to you by Sportsmates Footy Live and, of course, TLA. And with me, as always, is the number one footy fan in this great office, PG. <laughs> How was the weekend for you, mate? Yes, yes, this was a good week, obviously, like you said. Uh, a lot of news happening throughout uh, between the last four days, I guess. Um, obviously, with Stewie Juice sacking. So, um, yeah, very eventful. Very eventful indeed. But I know I've been looking across at you at our desk and you've been very busy. <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen this or not, but this is my question without notice. Yes. Uh, do you know why Grian Myers is trending on Twitter? <laughs> Uh, yes, I do. Good old Jared Waitley. It is um, one of the greatest moments in <laughs> social media shitposting history. He has got himself caught in a social media storm. He, he got himself in a social media trap. It's been yes. classic Barbara Streisand. Yep. The more you want something to happen, yep. the more the opposite will occur. So <laughs> this fake fake tweet came out last yep. night. Deep, just someone being bored. Yep. Just wants to make a shitpost. And it says, yep. it's the classic 360s holding the pill. And then it says, Grind Myers is the AFL what Leo Messi is to soccer. Messi may kick more goals, but Myers scans the field just as well. <laughs> Maybe even better than Messi does. And, uh, you know, it was posted by some guy that called Save Me Gafan. And, and when I saw it as well, I actually thought, it could be real. It was real. It sounded like something Jared would Which actually is the say. Best shit post. <laughs> exactly. It was feasible exactly. enough to be like he loves his tiger. He loves his cats. Yeah. He, he loves Grian. Yeah. He he likes to you know be a bit global. A bit, you know. <laughs> oh, I also watch football. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's it's Leo Messi. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> an Australianification of an international soccer player. Oh, it frustrated me seeing it. I tell you. And what. Uh, everyone got a little bit angry. Then everyone took a breath. Yeah. Everyone realized, oh, it's a fake. Yeah. Except for Jared, <laughs> who then uh, went on the uh, front foot attack and asked the uh, shit poster to take it down. Which he is asked, what you not you do not do you that. Do not engage with shit posting. But yeah. he asked shit poster to take it down. Except he didn't realise that the person sharing the image didn't actually create the image. Correct. Then all of a sudden he's on the radio. I don't know if you heard that. Yes, but, yes today he today, came out. Yeah, on Thursday, literally making yeah. a plea to his listeners to find the person who put up this image and yeah. get them to take it down. He talked to Instagram. He took everywhere. So he was not happy. He was not happy, but I just loved it. And now, yeah. of course, what's happened? You know, ahead of his milestone game, Geelong star Ryan Myers says he'll never expect to become the first Argentinian player to play 100 AFL games. <laughs> you know? uh, the word goat gets thrown around a lot these days, but I yeah. think you need to get to Australia and see Ryan Myers play for Geelong. Here's my inspiration. Jared is yeah. bang on here, right on the money from Leon Messi. Just the the content that has come out on the internet now in the last oh, 24 God. hours is just a joy. It is it, a joy. It this doesn't joy. it doesn't count as defamation, does it? He can't go to his lawyers now and you know oh, play that yeah, card. I don't I don't think his uh, reputation has been damaged other than he's a boomer. <laughs> yeah, good point. And he wouldn't even know what that is. Yeah. So. It's yeah. just the only sad bit, I suppose, is that obviously, you know, Jared is the meant to be the, the rock of the 360 environment and, and Robbo is meant to be the laughing stock. And now, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. he's uh, let his colours slip and now he's uh, going to be on the wrong side of the trolls. But I, I look forward to tomorrow's uh, headlines. I look forward to everyone interviewing Brian Myers. <laughs> um, and, you know, to end out this little segment, will you bring him into your Supercoach team just for lols? 
Uh, probably not, to be honest. No. Probably not. You're a very um, serious man. I am. I don't muck around. Um, but, yeah, poor old Grime Myers getting dragged into this. Um, yeah, you, you won't be happy about it. <laughs> I wonder what's – yeah, I wonder what he'll do because, obviously, you know, I'm pretty sure he's on Twitter. I know of Twitter. And he'll, on oh, he would say it. So, all of a sudden, he'd be like, what am I doing? Is there a, is there a nude sex yeah. tape of me out there or something like that? It's like, oh, no, no, just uh, someone couldn't get a shit post. Yeah. 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 Pull one out for Grand Myers, the real victim of this uh, this situation. Very true. All right, I love that question without notice. On to our Media Watch. This week we're going to blend our Media Watch with our five finals potential games. So uh, a bit of a format Ooh. change. We want to keep it funky okay. fresh. So uh, the first issue is Art Ruckman overrated? And uh, more breaking news from uh, Mitch Cleary and uh, Tom Morris. Melbourne has omitted. Mm-hmm. No, didn't they didn't rest him? He wasn't managed. There wasn't yep. there wasn't hamstring awareness. No, just straight up, you dropped. How this is interesting because if we rewind back to preseason, this was our probably our biggest burning question of the season. How are Melbourne going to cope with, you know, two dominant ruckmen in the same team? How are they going to manage it? Well, we fast forward to round uh, eighteen. Are we up to right now? And they're dropping Brody Grundy. Uh, it's, it's it's a real significant story. Or have they just taken a leaf out of Melbourne uh, Melbourne City's uh, Manchester City's book? And the easiest way to get success is just to buy everyone else's good players and put them on your bench. Well, yeah, I guess so. But is it is it working? Um, well, we'll get to find out. We um, yeah, huge pressure also on Jacob Van Ruin now because he's going to go with the one-two combo with him and uh, Max Gorner on the weekend. So yep. Yep. he has to take over the role that uh, Grundy was playing. And um, yep. do you, what's your gut feel? Will it work as a fan from the stands? Right call, wrong call? Uh, will it work as in not playing Brody Grundy yeah. and having Van Ruin as that rotation ruckman yeah I, I think it'll probably work more so than what it already has I don't think yeah I was always a bit concerned at the start of the year um, Brody Grundy and Max Gorm were both significant um, you know midfield central ruckman not neither of them have really played a significant amount of time up forward yes they've sometimes Max Gorn in particular has rested forward more so but uh, it, it's such a waste of talent having either of them resting forward. I was always a bit concerned about how this was going to work. So, unless one of those forwards, uh, uh, unless sorry, unless one of those ruckmen, you know, um, are, are serviceable forwards and can take contested marks and influence games uh, while resting forward, yeah, it's it's always going to be an interesting case. And back to your question, whether you know ruckmen are overrated. Um, I wouldn't say overrated because I think, you know, having a dominant Ruckman can play a significant part in an engine room. Uh, I also believe that I don't think you need to have one of the top three best Ruckman in the competition or two of the best three Ruckman in the competition uh, in your team to win a premiership either. As we've seen in recent premiership teams, I think Melbourne were the only one that really did it with a top Ruckman, Geelong did it with a serviceable Ruckman, Richmond, West are you, Coast, Hawthorne. Slander the Richmond captain here and say that he's not an elite Ruckman. Nan Curvis? Yes. I, I, I don't think he's an elite Ruckman. I think he's sorry, he, he's a very serviceable Ruckman. But yes. he's not he's not I guess he doesn't he's not a polished Ruckman, he's not flashy, he doesn't do all the fancy stuff, but mm. he, he gets the job done. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I rate him as a ruckman, but, yeah, I don't think you certainly need... I mean, West Coast won it without Nat Nui. Mm. They had Vardy... Um, I can't remember who else rucking that day, but um, yeah, it shows that you, you can't, can't, you don't need a top ruckman. And obviously, Carlton have played the last two weeks without a recognised ruckman, and they've gone and smashed Hawthorne, who had two, and and Fremantle, who had two of the best as well, and Darcy yeah. and Jackson. So you and, don't uh, need uh, it. Really riled up Cancons as well. He was saying, well, they've got they've just tied away 1.6 million dollars into those two ruckmen. Yeah. And uh, they got absolutely smashed on the weekend. So exactly. like, what was the point in, in doing that? So I think, you know, as you've proven here, um, you know, your only teams that win premierships with elite Ruckman are super coach teams. You do need a good Ruckman. Yeah, yeah side, good so. point. Yeah. Uh, on to the game, Melbourne versus Brisbane. It could be a match of the round Friday night. Uh, and they're coming to the MCG, Brisbane. They're yeah. coming in hot form. But my question to you about Brisbane is this. The, the hot form is as follows. They uh, smashed Hawthorne at the G. They smashed Sydney. They smashed St. Killer uh, at Marvel. Beat Richmond and walloped West Coast on the weekend. So that's everything they've had since the bye. Oh, they got smashed by Hawthorne, you mean, at the mm, yes. G. Sorry, yeah, correction. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, what's what's been going on? Have they just been yeah. bullying sides below them or uh, is this form legit? Um. I mean, the form is legit, but yeah, obviously the big question is winning at the MCG. That's been an issue for them. Their last win at the MCG, of course, was against Melbourne in the final series last season. Uh, they Again, they haven't really proven that they're able to get the job done this season, obviously last losing that game to Hawthorne. But um, yeah, that, that's a big question going into this week. Yes, they, they absolutely dismantled uh, West Coast last week at the Gabba, which they're expected to do. Um, and their midfield was absolutely at their best. I think they they broke the record or equaled the record for, for most points from clearances in an opening term, and that was 43. That's massive. But again, it's against West Coast, and they're going to be up against um, much better opposition this week, uh, especially in the midfield against Melbourne at the MCG. So... Um, they're going to be tested and it's probably we're probably not going to take Brisbane ser- seriously until they win a game like this mm. well, yeah, A against you know decent opposition and B obviously the MCG for their grand funnel uh, credentials um, even just looking at the ground obviously Melbourne play a stack of games there but they're 7-1 and one at the venue this year yeah. Lions obviously as you mentioned yeah. and we'll mention it zero again and two. Zero and, uh, oh, zero and 1 they've only lost to Hawthorne this year at the G but boy what a loss yeah. was it um, interesting though in, in terms of Melbourne because I think the vibes the vibes are kind of off you look at their their stats they're doing everything right they're still very good defensively they're still very good from midfield when they do have a full midfield quartet but mm. even you know getting to you know round 18 and suddenly just bailing on your dual ruck situation kind of sets you up for a, lo- a lose-lose I reckon in the vibes yeah. department clearly yeah. you go out there on the weekend and you win and everyone goes well then why'd you get Grundy you didn't yeah. need him what a waste Waste of picks, waste of money. Mm. You know, we could be supplementing other talent that you need more of. Or you go out there and lose, and all of a sudden it's like, well, why, do you, why didn't you just stick fat? Why didn't you trust Grundy? Yeah. Now, either way, the fans are going to be upset. So yeah. the vibes are off, and I think that opens the gap for Brisbane. But do you trust them enough to get over the hoodoo? Or do you believe in hoodoos? I, I don't trust them. No, I don't. Um, because, yeah, they, they've done this so many times to us, the Lions. Yes, they play good footy when they're... Um, yeah, playing at home or at obscure grounds around the country. But yeah, for some reason, when it comes to the MCG, 
they, they can't get the job done. So I, I don't trust them. Um, I'd like to see them win a game like this before, again, like before I take them seriously. Um, but yeah, like you said, Melbourne in a very weird spot. Um, got the job done against St. Kilda last week. Wasn't very convincing though. Uh, St. Kilda did have their injury troubles on the night and I don't think Melbourne really took full advantage of that. So um, yeah, they're, they're going to be fighting into some form here, the D's. And um, yeah, I expect, you know, Grundy getting dropped is a massive statement uh, for the for the playing group. And I, I expect them to respond and yeah, get the job done. There you go. I'm going the opposite direction here. I reckon mm. Brisbane has a free swing. The vibes okay. are off. Lions love to hunt prey that's <laughs> lesser than them. And uh, yeah, I reckon Brisbane by a couple of goals. Mm. And, uh, it'll be a big statement off. win big if they do win. get it done. Oh yeah, look, Monday morning headlines, Jared after hunting down the shit poster, <laughs> will then proclaim that uh, this is the greatest win since Manchester's uh, Manchester City's treble <laughs> in the uh, English Premier League. Yeah. He just loves his soccer Batman. Issue and game number two, uh, rest in peace, Stu Jew. Again, lots of mm. internet action this week. I don't know if you saw the uh, remembrance image that the Gold Coast Suns posted yeah, was- after <laughs> the, the announcement that Stu Jew was no longer going to be their head yeah. coach. But it legit looked like um, someone had yeah. done up your, your nono's like, funeral. I know, on, I on know. Was- I wasn't going to go there, but I was definitely thinking about it as well. It was almost like uh, we'd, we'd lost Stewie Jew, not just to the Gold Coast Suns, but, but to, to this planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's passed to the other side. Yeah, I think it was their way of trying to make it up for him. We're sorry you got sacked, but we'll, we'll give you a few social media posts in recognition. So. Yes, and maybe that explained, maybe you know, that's why they sacked him because they were confused and they thought he had actually passed. And that's why <laughs> one week ago they said, we fully support yeah. you. And then it was like, oh, actually, we thought you were dead. So we have to replace you. Yeah. Um, Vibes, you've had a couple of days to process the uh, information like the rest of the football world. Was it mm. the right call? It doesn't sit well with me. I, I think it was a bit. he was a bit hard done by. Because, um, again, I, I think we, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week, what we, what we thought of this whole situation. And I, I thought, you know, give him to the end of the season. See if he makes finals first before before you cut him off. Um, yeah, because, yes, they've, obviously they've been very disappointing over the last few weeks. Got smashed by Carlton, who have hit some form now. And then they lost to the two top teams in Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Uh, yes, they went down uh, pretty ugly. But in saying that, you know, they, they were three very good opponents. And they're not out of the race for the top eight. So by sacking your coach... At this stage of the season, um, with so much on the line, it's almost like the Suns are waving the white flag early, and it's it's not like in Premier League where you where you sack you got to sack your manager quickly so you get your season back on track. I feel like when you sack your coach in AFL, you're pretty much just giving up on the season, and you can't expect um, an interim to come in and. Um, do the job and and guide them to finals. So it was a very interesting move. And it's been two very interesting situations this year, both with Richmond and with Gold Coast. Yeah. Obviously, Dimmer didn't get sacked. He, he he put up his own white flag and said, I'm done. Yeah. And that was a bit weird because, like, again, Richmond will, at this stage, probably be in the hunt for finals come at least the very last round of the year. So, again, there won't be a situation here where two clubs who have lost their coach mid-year yeah. Uh, on the edge, if not playing for the mm. last spot in the finals come the end of the year. So that would be very odd. And obviously that has uh, 
laid forth the massive um, amounts of journalistic innuendo and conspiracy theories that, of course, Dimmer's already locked in. And because Dimmer was uh, mm. uh, teammates with Stewie Jew and good friends and whatever, like he couldn't be seen to be sharking his friends, so they had to get rid of Dewey first. So then there's space, a little bit of time goes by, and then Dimmer can come in at the end of the year and it's yeah. all sweet and hunky-dory. Um, we'll obviously have to wait and see on that one, but, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and most of the journalists don't just make shit up unless you're Tom Brown, so... <laughs> Yes, yeah, and, and credit to Caroline Wilson as well. She uh, stood by her word yeah. last week, and um, even though she had people on social media and Mark Robinson calling her out, saying that she's got a vendetta against the club, yeah, she's she's obviously got good sources inside clubs. You wonder who's spilling these little details, but uh, yeah, she, she hit the nail on the head. Um, and yeah, big story, big coop, and... One point to Caroline Wilson. Indeed. And um, very interesting as well around about, like, felt hard done by for, for Stuart Jew. Like, again, he's been there for six years, but when he arrived, yeah. it was very much like Guy McKenna. He didn't get... It's not like a Mick Moldhouse rocking up at Carlton being like, here's a list that can win a, win a flag. Yeah, yeah. Take us to the promised land. It was, here's no list at all. All our good players have left. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you got a bunch of kids and some recycled players from other clubs that weren't good enough to get in the 22, and good luck with that. And you feel like they're on the edge of actually cracking that finals barrier now. Yeah. Obviously, they're getting very close this season, and they did last season as well. But even, like, going into next season, whoever comes in, whether it's Dimmer or whoever else, they're going to be walking into a very good list who will be, like, on paper, I think, ready to play finals. And they're going to be getting three top draft picks as well handed to them through their academy. So, um, yeah, whoever walks in is going to be getting a great list. And, yeah, you got to feel for Stewie Jew a bit. Mm, you do indeed. But, you know, it's a well-paid job. So, uh, as Ken <laughs> Gorn says, get over it, mate. Get over it. <laughs> Uh, interestingly enough, when we come to the actual game, Gold Coast versus St Kilda, I think St Kilda fans are very nervous because they don't want to cop the new coach bounce. Their season yeah. is is in uh, on a little uh, thin ice at the moment. They're dropping down from uh, fifth to sixth. Um, however, since 2013, 14 coaches have departed halfway through the season, and the record is actually only six and eight. Yeah. So the the new coach bounce not as strong as it is in other sports mm. in the as it is in the AFL. So yeah, and, and, and interestingly enough as well, uh, I feel like St Kilda very unlucky when it comes to facing teams that are coming off big weeks. They copped Franklin's three hundred fiftieth a few weeks ago, Cochin's three hundredth. Uh, then they faced West Coast a week after they had a massive loss, a record uh, loss as well. And now, of course, Gold Coast, the week they they lose their coach. And I think that's all in the space of six weeks. So very unlucky for St Kilda. But um, also they head into this game as well, losing Max King. So that's going to cause a few mm-hmm. structural issues. Seb Ross went down last week. Uh, yeah, so losing a few key players. And of course, despite Gold Coast game against Collingwood a few weeks ago, as disappointing as it was, I still think the Suns are a tricky side to play up there and it's going to be a tough game for St Kilda. If you look at the form since uh, round six, the Suns have won six out of 11. They're ranked ninth in the competition. If it's you a draw a line since then. Yeah. They are not a bad side. No. They, they're not that awesome. No. And obviously, you know, the 
the Suns board has decided that they want more than just being an average side. They want to be an awesome side. So they've made a move, they cut the coach. But in terms of actual, like, this is not a club in chaos. This is not a club in free fall. This is actually a pretty decent list playing some pretty decent football week to week. Mm. And meanwhile, you know, the Saints have played as they have all year, except everyone else is kind of getting a little bit better. So they've been involved in the lowest scoring games in the competition. They only average 150 points combined. So uh, 75 plays 75 is what you get when you get St Kilda games. Yeah. And uh, they've lost four of their last six, and they're only averaging 71 points. So they're ranked 15th in the competition currently, despite being sixth on the ladder. And then they lose a key forward and as well. Yeah, so uh, cancel um, in 54 points in the loss, sorry. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the Suns in this one. Um, but if St Kilda do, it's, it's, it's a crucial week for St Kilda because I think they've got North Melbourne and Hawthorne uh, after this week. So, so you get a W here. It sets them up for finals. That's back, it. Yeah. It sets them up for finals. And if they lose, I think, it, obviously depending on other results, but if they go the way that we expect them to, St Kilda will probably be outside of the top eight by the end of the weekend. Have you bought a cult membership? Are you fully aboard the Vost Boss train? Everyone uh, is. That I'll, was the talking point on Monday. Everyone's like, oh, we're back. We're back. Carlton's back. How good are we? We're yeah. the best team in the AFL. I haven't bought a Carlton membership. I don't think I ever will. But I, I, I'm liking the way they're playing. Yeah. It's it's impressive. And I know people will say, oh, they only beat Gold Coast. They only beat Hawthorne. They only beat Fremantle. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd be saying. Yeah. yeah. But still, you, you can only beat who you play. And if you think back prior to those three games, uh, Carlton weren't, I mean, at times they didn't even look like scoring, but now all of a sudden they are hitting the scoreboard and hitting it hard. Um, and they're defending very well too. They, they kept Hawthorne goalers for two quarters and they kept Fremantle uh, to two goals by three quarter time in Perth. And I, I know it's only Fremantle, but that's still an almighty effort from the Blues. And their midfielders struggled at times this season, but all of a sudden they're looking really good. Chero is in career best form. Walsh looks like he's back to his best. He had 38 touches last week. Cripps is back to his influential best. And and the, the two forwards up forward, Kerno and Mackay, they're hitting the scoreboard. So things are going well. They're about to play, I know, Port Adelaide, uh, second on the ladder and how many wins in a row. I've lost count, but... You know, it's at the noisy Marvel Stadium. Uh, a lot of Carlton supporters will be in, in attendance. I think I'm leaning towards Carlton here. I love it. Port Adelaide have won 13 games on the trot. They are arguably a better side than Collingwood. Definitely yeah, more yeah. powerful forward I, line. Yeah. More dynamic team. Can beat you in different ways. Yeah. Have smashed teams. They've been ultra impressive. They've and they been, score for fun as well. They score for fun. But they play, they've, they've won a games away as well as at home. It's not just relying on Adelaide Oval form. Yeah. Carlton is but the, beaten three average sides. And it's because <laughs> they're the, one of the biggest clubs in Melbourne and they're blowing up SEN callback. <laughs> all of a sudden, the vibes are, oh, Carlton win this game. However, AFL's uh, tipping uh, overalls, uh, mm. 18% of afl.com.au tippers are tipping Carlton. 82% are tipping Port Adelaide. I think this is the VFL effect in full force here. A lot of uh, Melbourne media fans hoping, wishing, wanting Carlton, maybe not to get to finals, but to be alive for finals come round 24 and then fail again like they did last year for ultimate you know, yeah. clickbait success. Yeah. But I don't see them beating Port. Well, it's a, it's a big test. Obviously, okay. I, I, like 
don't get me wrong, Port are favourites and rightly so. Mm. But just because you're the best team in the competition doesn't mean you win every game throughout the season. That is true. That's why they play the games of football. They're very, very true. You can't just pencil this one in. But um, yeah, there's no reason why you, I think you would tip Carlton other than they're at home. Well, exactly right. I probably wouldn't be leaning towards them if this was played at the Adelaide Oval. But of course, um, if I was a Port Adelaide fan, I don't think I'd want to keep this winning streak going towards any closer towards finals. The loss that you need to have. Yes, absolutely. Um, Just take the pressure off. It's not bad if you finish second. You still get that home qualifying final. You fly a little bit under the radar. And yeah, you, you definitely wouldn't want to be heading into finals with a 20 game winning streak or whatever. Yeah, shout outs to the, uh, the baby bombers. <laughs> um, Port Adelaide has won its last nine matches at Marvel, scoring 100 points or more in three of its last five games there. They love the dome. Close the dome up, make it noisy, they love it. Yeah. They love it, so Port all the way for mine. Speaking of small stadiums, big issue this week for uh, the Saturday night game. Should the Cats-Bombers game be at the MCG? Yes. Yeah, it should be. Why? I I agree with Caroline Wilson from during the week when she said it on uh, Footy Classified. You're locking out a lot of fans. And I'm all for getting the most out of a fixture, I think. So should Gold Coast have played Collingwood at the Gabba because they sold out Gold Coast Stadium? But Gold Coast aren't contracted to the Gabba, whereas the Cats are contracted to MCG and Marvel Stadium. So, um, yeah, and it, against Essendon as well. Like, yeah, it was Essendon's turn. Essendon hasn't played there since 1993. And there's a reason for that. Because, because they, they attract Essendon crowds. has a lot of political clout when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> drawing the fixture at the start of the year. Well, if, if Geelong want to play this game and say, hey, we should be playing a lot of these teams at Cadinia, hmm. all right, well, then cancel your contract at the MCG and Marvel Stadium and lose out on all those financial benefits that they get from playing there as well. Well, I think they're trying to do that by building the new stand. It well, would be yeah. less of an issue once the stand is built. It's yeah. not their fault that there's been delays, but... Yeah. Um, it's but their home ground. But and still, fine, it's if this thing. was at the MCG, this would get 70,000 people. Yeah, but it's not 100,000 people. It's not like 50,000 people are going to be locked out. Well, how much does Cadinia currently hold with the works currently going on? I think it's, it's only, only 30,000, 35,000. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still losing out on 35, 40,000 people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the AFL would be happy about it. Um, they, they'd be wishing that this was at the MCG. Mm, indeed. Um, and it definitely doesn't suit the Bombers because they have to uh, face the colder, and that is Cadinia. Yeah. None of the fans will be able to make it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, you know, is this a clash of the Titans? Is Eston that that good? Uh, Eston, Carlton 2.0. I know they're higher on the ladder than Carlton. Are they playing better football than Carlton currently? Uh, it depends how you, obviously if you say I think Carlton but then people will say oh yeah but look at their opposition they're playing but I've, I've also liked the way Essendon have been playing their, their, their ball movement um, the contested possession game that they've got they are they are a very exciting team to watch mm. um, as hard as Especially that is that to admit to yeah. okay yeah the, you can yeah that's obviously um one of their lower, uh, lesser games that they <laughs> haven't really performed. But last week against Adelaide, uh, I thought they were ultra 
impressive. And um, again, I'm, I'm not fully sold on Essendon yet as a finals team. But this week is obviously going to be a big test going up against the Cats, who themselves are, uh, are finding a bit of form over recent weeks. And obviously, like you said, the cauldron of GMHBA Stadium, they play that ground, obviously, better than anyone else. Essendon don't play there nearly as often enough to really compare. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough one for the Bombers. But if they do win, very much like St Kilda, um, it, it sets them up for for a finals opportunity. I think you get past this week, you've got Bulldogs and Sydney to come, both at Marvel Stadium, both very winnable games. So, um, yeah, big week for the Bombers. Yeah, big week for the Cats too because obviously, you know, they beat North last week and that doesn't count for them because they're too good to be even have any kind of form line change when you beat a side like North Melbourne. They're still the most accurate goal-kicking team in the competition. Um, and they're still the most potent in terms of uh, capitalising on their inside 50s. So Essen will need to be near perfect yeah. to beat them um, at the Cadinia Park, and I don't see it happening. So the Cats keep flying on the radar yeah. and, uh, you know, lock in some finals yet again for probably the 50,000th year in a row. <laughs> and uh, no talking point for this one, just a pretty good game to round out our previews. It's Adelaide versus GWS. And uh, yes. how are you feeling? Because obviously you were the patron state of Adelaide, the lover of a fast and furious front six. Yes. And yep. uh, all of a sudden it's starting to fall apart on them. Meanwhile, the Giants, who, again, I apologise, I wrote off four weeks ago, Yep. Um, uh, creeping up slowly taxi ride style and they're trying to claw their way back into finals contention. Um, it's at Adelaide Oval though, so well, these are, yeah, on this one. Yeah, these are two sides that I think I tipped at, beginning, at the beginning of the year to be a smoky for finals um, and beyond. But yeah, going up against each other now, they're 9th and 10th on the same amount of points. Um, and yeah, obviously Adelaide's coming off a rather ugly loss to the Bombers last week, but I think that really sums up their year and how they've performed on the road. They, they're just a completely different side when they travel for whatever reason, um, probably barring that game against Collingwood where they gave them a run for their money at the MCG. But um, yeah, they, they've been pretty disappointing on the road, but of course they're going up against the Giants this week at the Adelaide Oval where they love to play. I think they've won uh, seven of their last eight games there or something like that. They're, they're very impressive and they, they score, they've scored over 100 points in all but three of them. So, um, yeah, very impressive return uh, at their home ground. But in saying that, the Giants as well, uh, they, they do like playing the Crows there. They've won by 57 and 59 points in their last two meetings against Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. So obviously that's against a different type of Adelaide team, but still the Giants have very good form coming into this week. And it's going to be a very interesting game. Two teams that love to score. The Giants as well in particular have defended quite well recently. I think since round 13, they've been one of the best defensive sides in the competition. But of course, they lose Nick Haynes through suspension. So a bit of a challenge there. But 
I think this could quietly be a very good contest and I'm intrigued to see how it pans out. And I, probably, sorry to cut you off nah. there, but winner probably, again, uh, sets them up for a good run heading into the last stretch of the season. Absolutely. And uh, I don't think it's going to be quietly a good game. I think it's going to be a big, big sound coming from the uh, the west side of the Ooh. Adelaide Oval Town because uh, if I was coach Nick, I'd be a bit scared here because, you know, the Suns just booted off their coach because, you know, they stagnated after one year of progression. Mm. Since 2021, the Crows have just won seven games after round 15. Right. Com- combined in those three seasons. Yeah. So and that's, that's equal um, 15th alongside the Gold Coast Suns. So the Gold Coast Suns aren't even the worst back half team anymore. Crows are right along there with them. So that's, that's the curse of those younger um, profile lists where they just seem to run out of gas towards the end of the year. Giants much better in back halves. And um, yeah, they've been there in the pointy end of funnels before. Uh, and they love, they love playing on the road. As you mentioned, they also love playing at Adelaide Oval. Um, and they've only considered 57 points per game since round 13. So defensively, they're sound, but everyone loves the fact that they're quite you know, aggressive and flashy with the football as well. So everything's pointing here for a nice little uh, Giants upset, especially just given their road form this year. So mm. mark this one and uh, don't. It could be a tough, uh, tough choice between uh, which game you watch on Saturday. Yeah. Both yep. will be absolute blockbusters. Maybe watch them back to back and then just sleep in all day. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of these overlapping games. So uh, yeah, they've got they've got to sort this out. Hopefully next year the AFL with their fixturing. But so no more double headers on Saturday nights. I liked it a few weeks ago when there was just one game on a Saturday night. I but what happens when it stinks? Well, that's that's what I mean. It needs to be. They need to put you can't the best game. I like. Maybe Twitter is running my brain, but I like the fact that sometimes you can flip between the two and it's like, oh, this game's done. Yeah, cool, flip to that one. Saturday night is obviously prime time. Yeah, yeah. So why rob one of the games of all those viewers, etc.? So if we're going to introduce Thursday night footy, which I think definitely needs to happen permanently, mm-hmm. just take it off that Saturday night slot instead of Saturday afternoon. Chuck a few more games in Saturday afternoon and leave Saturday night open to the big one. There you go. And, like, you know, other great leagues do that, so the NFL is classic for that. There's lots of games during yeah. the day, lower billings usually, and then the big, massive teams. Same with Premier League. Yeah, same with Premier League, have the big Saturday night fixture. Everyone focuses on that. That becomes a talking point. Definitely. So, uh, you know, yeah, the pros fixture that way for a reason, so there you go. Nick EG has fixed footy again. <laughs> he has fixed footy, but can he fix your super coach side? It's time for desktop decisions. As always, we need to know your score from last week, your current yeah. position in the overall competition, and your biggest tip to the other super coach players out there yes. in the uh, Ethernet. Last week was Big Gordo, scored a whopping 2,666 points. Is that a personal best? This season, yes. Oh, look at that coming to form. Yeah. Um, it was, in fact, the 360th highest score in Australia, which is pretty impressive, Very I impressive. think. Um, and it saw my rankings climb up 1,200 spots back to 2,600 uh, on the season rank. So, yep, definitely um, climbing up those rankings once again. But this week, as with many others, hit with a bit of Injury carnage. I wasn't expecting to make any trades this week, but all of a sudden Darcy Cameron's out of that Collingwood side. Josh Dunkley's still out of the Brisbane team. And uh, one of my uh, 
potential replacements, Angus Sheldrick is also out. And I think a few teams have also been affected with uh, Brody Grundy's omission and uh, so on. There's a few others out there. Um, So, yeah, I think a few teams will be forced into a trade. James Sisley's back from suspension this week and could be one to target, I think. He's got a very low break even and he's playing North Melbourne this week and uh, St Kilda in a couple of weeks' time where he last scored, I think, 170 points. So definitely one to look at this week. I was potentially going to wait another week, but might have to fast-track that decision. There you go. The desktop decision is a fast-tracked one and uh, watch this space as... Nicky G continues to hunt that top 1,000 spot, and we're going to back him in after that huge week. Hopefully, yes. In the uh, Supercoach <laughs> Stakes. That's a, a very fast wrap of a huge week of footy, and uh, as we have said before, Vale to our dear friend, the big juicer, and uh, let's hope that um, Jerry Whaley gets himself a social media manager sooner <laughs> rather than later, otherwise the internet may implode. That's all we've got time for here on the Weekend Watchlist edition of the Fans Eye View by Footy Fans. For footy fans, and as always, may your team win unless they're playing our teams, and then we hope they lose.